Sunday already? It's a very cold, dreary Sunday afternoon here in Beautiful lovely New England. Connecticut. Hey, would you say Sunday is the beginning of the week, or do you think Monday is the beginning of the week? I've always grown up thinking <laughs> that Monday would be the beginning of the week, because you know, Sunday is the weekend. Monday is, you know, the first day back at work, and I was actually thinking about this for... <laughs> 18 years maybe and all that other stuff well there's always been a little controversy in this house of what the first day of the week is and I believe that Monday is the beginning of the week as well thank you that's what I said I don't, I'm not just saying that because I agreed with you I've been saying that for a very very long time as we got a little bit of chuckles right now well Sunday is where everything ends it's, it's like you're kind of you wound down from a very busy week and you're ready to rev back up on Monday if they want Sunday to be the first day of the week, then everyone should go back to work on Sunday, which I don't think anyone wants that at well, all. Well, some actually do work on Sunday, but that's another story. So why are we here today? What, what are we going to talk about? Well, I know this happened uh, a while, a while ago, but it's still... Actually, no, I take that back. It doesn't really burn because I expected this to happen. Are you talking about the fall? The fall of, of the stripes? The fall of the pinstripes. Boy, they got their, uh, you know, what's handed to them against the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park on Tuesday. That was a, uh, that was not fun to watch, by the way. So you would say Wednesday was a day of mourning. Would that be the beginning of the morning? Not really. <laughs> I have to be honest. the uh, The twenty twenty one Yankees, they were a team of consistent ups and downs and inconsistencies and. Fire Boone this, and Judge and Stanton were doing their thing. LeMahieu sucked. Torres was all over the place. Arshala was bad. Joey Gallo, when he got acquired, batted 160, and then he and then he got put in the four spot in a do-or-die game. It, it was just an instant cluster mess of all variety and proportions. Well, your Garrett Cole really kind of, uh, I think he has to grow the beard back. I think it's the facial hair thing, man, you know? I don't know what's the story with the whole Garrett Cole thing, but that was not who we wanted on uh, that do-or-die game. Garrett Cole, for the first half of the season, he felt like a guy that we can trust, you know, if there was a game 163 or a one-game playoff. But, man, he did not show up at all on that day. But I will have to say this. He may have sucked that game, but at least he took accountability, and he said he felt sick to his stomach. And which he had every right to. Yeah, things just didn't go that way for the Yanks. It seemed like they got a couple of really great hits that people thought were home runs. Even some of the Yankee broadcasts might have thought it was a home run, but it hit the wall. Let's be, is... let's be honest. <laughs> Everyone in Fenway Park thought that was gone, including me. And then, of course, you could blame the, the camera angle because, you know, the guy... If you notice, because I used to do camera work too. It's yes. like when he pulled back from the high home plate... It looked like the ball was going to leave Fenway and go onto the parking lot. But at like literally at the last second, it dropped down and like hit the wall. And Stanton, he was he was not hustling, by the way. He only walked to first base because he thought he, he hit the he he hit home run. The, he was going to do the trot. That's what I thought, too. So I don't blame him for that, by the way, because sure. nothing, nothing happened after that. So, so nonetheless, you know, when as that game was progressing and I, I kind of was... You know, watching here and there because you know things are happening that night. But I, 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 I felt your pain at a, at a, at a deep level. Well, you came in after Judge got thrown out at the plate, and originally I wanted to blame the third base coach because that was such a horrible send. I mean, obviously the the relay was really good, really good setup by the Red Sox. 
who were they were pretty much they pretty much won the game from the start. Did he? Uh, but that was a really close play too, like a step, and he would have got it. Well, I think that, well, so. Judge actually almost hit another home run. He was like a few inches away from tying the game, giving momentum, and it was that particular moment when Judge got thrown out that they had no shot at winning this game. That was the uh, air that, out of the tire. That was the that was the uh, the cherry on top of the coffin that I called the twenty twenty one Yankees. Now, do you see Judge being a forever Yankee? He should be a forever Yankee. Is this something that he'd want to... You think that he'll uh, move into that Jeter captain role? I will say this, though. Judge, this was the healthiest he's been since 2017, his rookie year, when he hit 52 home runs. That was a good sign that the only time he really ended up on the IL was when he ended up having the COVIDs. Right. So, But even then, he hit 39 home runs. He drove in 98 RBIs. He carried that... He carried the team in the second half when they won that 13-game winning streak. It was him and some other fellow. Yes. Him and the new king of New York, standing. Who would have thought? Those were the only two guys that actually picked up the pieces that I call a disastrous team and were able to take them to a one-game playoff, which, let's be honest, on July 4th when they were 41-41 and after the game we went to, Mm -hmm. I didn't think they had a shot of going to the postseason. Okay, so now all, all said and done, and the, and the dust is cleared, and now everyone's pointing fingers, and everyone's going, okay, Boone, he's got to go. You know, what's your thoughts on all that now? He's got to go. I'm sorry. I mean, I will say this. <laughs> the entire blame should not fall on him, though. No but. But <laughs> the way he handles this team, and yes, he is a nice guy. Every team deserves to have a... Sometimes a nice guy as a manager, but they also need a manager that will kick some butt. Someone that will you will play for like for your back and all that. He's not that guy that's going to lead this team to a World Series. The one comment that he said in the postgame is the league has closed the gap on us. It's like, you're going backwards. <laughs> well, the whole thing is it's like a very laissez-faire kind of like whatever happens. I don't see the fire. And uh, the whole thing is if they don't replace him, is it just going to be... Business as usual next year. That's what I think is going to happen if he does come back, though. But I don't know what's going on up there. It's clearly upper management that is running this team because I think this is an absolute disorganized, disastrous mess right now. It's a problem. You know, they're kind of they're scrambling. You know, this is like New York is a top market, and uh, and a lot of money is being circulated through that uh, all those salaries. Let's just say this. The Yankees lost to a team who were supposed to be in rebuild, by the way. The Red Sox are supposed to be a rebuild team. Didn't they get rid of Girardi for less? They got rid of Girardi, which they were the closest to a World Series, by the way, with a bunch of nobodies. Now they got all these names. And now it's not going anywhere. 2018, lost to the Red Sox in the Division Series. 2019, lost to the... Freaking scumbag Astros mm-hmm. in Game Six due to Jose Altuve, who's the worst cheater of them all. Right. Last season they lost to the Rays in a empty Petco Park, and now they're just going backwards. What's next? They're not going to make the playoffs next year. They're just like Van Halen three. The when Jared, Gary Sharon joined, and basically on paper you got all this great talent, and there should be no reason why it shouldn't be a huge hit. But at the end of the day, it's a big flop. You were there. You. <laughs> you watched the games with me in 2017. You, we kept on saying, I'm like, this is definitely a team that can win the World Series within the next two to three years or so. You know, Judge, Sanchez, 
Glaber Torres coming up, and uh, DJ LeMayu having that unbelievable season in 2019 and 2020. How can you let a team with talented players play like absolute garbage? How does this happen? You know, what, what's missing? You know, it, it's like a soup. It's missing an ingredient. What's the catalyst? It's because they, they, they're kind of like lazy. And, yeah. and uh, dormant is always the word that we always seems to pop up from my, my good friend, Mr. Shine. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's something that will never escape me. I don't know what it is. It's like I get frustrated over this team every season. You know, I get so hyped up. I get so excited for opening day. You know, like, I deep down, I want to say this is the year the Yankees actually go on top of everyone. And then they somehow end in a cluster disaster every time. Well, this must be the year of the Mets as well, right? Wasn't this like they're, they're, they got it all and DeGrom and Cy Young? And, this was and supposed gonna... to be the 86. Like, uh, well, not really like in terms of like physicality. But like right. talent-wise, 86 Mets kind of thing. I hear it every year though and then it, they win a couple of games and then I'm like okay when's the bomb going to drop out of this they did one thing though they did get rid of uh, their manager <laughs> their manager got fired which honestly not surprising I mean they finished 70 they only had like 76 wins on the season awful with Francisco Lindor by the way who got booed like in his first like few months and then the whole thumbs down thing and then like they didn't do anything the way they handled the grom was terrible it was just like everything about this here's the one thing i want to i want to talk about the ground for a little bit Degrom is a guy talented pitcher next siever if not could be better than caesar siever if he can continue pitching why are they laying a guy who's very thin letting him pitch 100 miles per hour every time he throws a fastball you know it's going to you know he's going to get hurt you're going to burn out eventually, right? Is that... Look what Noah Syndergaard did. He gained, at one point, he gained 20 pounds of muscle and he wanted to throw harder. And before he decided to gain the muscle, he was throwing like 97, 98. And then he wants to throw 100. You know, you can't, you're not, no one is capable of throwing that hard every time. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just to be a New York fan these days is very hard. At least you got the Jets. Who lost in, <laughs> who lost in, who lost in London today. You got the Giants playing the Cowboys in a must-win game, but then again, every game in, <laughs> for the Giants is a must-win game. They lost Saquon Barkley, who was their number two overall pick a couple of years ago, and he uh, had a really bad left ankle injury. And there was a picture on Twitter which I saw. He had like this gigantic bubble, like if he like like twisted it like really really hard. And he's probably not coming back for for a while. So uh, also, this is the first time I think in a decade where there's no. Uh, no championships for a New York team, and everyone is blaming De Blasio for that. By the way, De Blasio—he's got well, he sucks and all. I mean, I'm glad we don't live in New York anymore, but I, I don't know if he had any power over that. <laughs> no, everyone is like, well, De Blasio is a Red Sox fan. He comes to New York and he completely destroys our team. So I was looking at that New York Post uh, headline that said uh, Boston sucks. And I and uh, a neighbor of mine that's a big Boston fan couldn't wait to show me that. Say this is why Boston came back to kick your guys' ass. So it's uh, it such a it's a dark time for for Yankee fans. It's like I want to the lazy way out. Like I said, you could blame Boone, upper management. Something's got to happen. Hal Steinbrenner does, is not like his father though. No, but they're going to make a big move. I got a feeling that there's going to be someone else at the helm next year. Who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. Who's who's the main contenders that, that you that you could see? They should go old school. I think the White Sox, when they got uh, Tony La Russa, 
that worked out. Astros got Dusty Baker. I think they may need someone like that. Or maybe... A-Rod. Or maybe an A-Rod. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I, I will not dismiss the fact that I think A-Rod would be a good manager. Can you be a manager of a team and still have ownership stake in another team, even though it's a different league? Is there any kind of... Uh, obviously, there's no... Yeah, one has nothing to do with the other, but... I don't see why not, because I mean, at the Timberwolves, they play between October to, to April. I mean, you could still do... Besides, A-Rod's a rich man. You think he cares? Like he'll, he'll find a way to make it all work out. Mm. I'm sorry to go off on that tangent because well, this is just... du- this is WADD radio where we go on every different channel from from second to second and that's the way we live, man. That's the way it is. It's stream of conversation. Ten fifteen news. WADD Yevin versus Yevin. Squirrel. Next up, we're talking about. Speaking of ADD, <laughs> yes. we're going to be talking about sports, and now we're going to be talking about into... Going out to eat? <laughs> yes, we can talk about going out to eat. How about that? So, uh, <laughs> this was one of those subjects that um, I came up on the fly, because every conversation that me, you, and our beautiful and my beautiful mother have, always revolves around food. And, you know... Great cook, by the way. I'm completely spoiled by her cooking. Like, I feel like everything I taste on the outside is complete garbage because her cooking is so good. Well, it, that was out of necessity because we, we came from New York and we, we loved the food there. And when we moved out to Connecticut years later, it, we, we found that there was nowhere to go. When it, pizza was, was crap. Chinese food was garbage. There's no Mediterranean places nearby. No, no, there's no diners. There's no nothing out here. It was, you know, and obviously things have changed a a bit over time, but everything's become very bougie, very expensive. Don't expect to be filled up and except, except, you know, your wallet's going to be emptied out to go out to a lot of places. So as a result, out of necessity to eat, we, uh, we kind of knew that things had to change and she became an amazing cook in the process. So... Uh, and, and the whole thing is, we love going out. I do too. Going out is expensive. It, well, no, going out is vacation. Going out is an experience. It's a whole different. You're walking into a a whole different world. It used to be like you'd walk into an Indian place. Okay, you know, today I'm in India, or now I'm in a, I'm in an Italian grotto. I'm eating al fresco, and it's that transformation. It's, food is part of the thing, but it's yeah. it's the ambiance and. Having a glass of wine and and having you know the whole feeling of of being away, but as time went on, we felt as though there was a discrepancy in the enjoyment of what the quality of the food, the places we were going to, the pricing of the food, and the quantity versus the quality. Everything about it was kind of dropping. I was about to say it felt like every place that we went to, say that we went like ten years ago, now it's either we don't go back. Food became crappy, or the dining experience is not as good as it was. No, you got a couple of places in the neighborhood that that you're amazed stays, but those places are more along the lines of like honest kind of home cooked meals where you're gonna, you know, yeah. And it's like diner esque in a sense, but I I found that if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. I was about to say, yeah. I mean, I posted a poll on uh, on my Instagram and the show's Instagram. It is a Friday night. What would you rather do? Would you rather go out to dinner, maybe get a couple of drinks, or would you rather stay home and cook for yourself? Right. A lot of people actually chose to stay home and cook for themselves, which I was actually kind of shocked because, you know, I am a 26-year-old man. I like to go out, you know, sure. 
I like to eat. I like to drink. I actually like to socialize with other people if necessary. Like even yesterday when I went out, some guy was talking about the uh, how much the Yankees sucked or the uh, the Dodgers, and of course I jumped in a little bit because you know I'm a baseball fanatic. So right. I like that kind of part. I just love I just love the atmosphere. You know. Also, I have to bring up one thing too. My friend, Mister Tony Valentino. Yes, that's his name. Great guy. Don't worry, I'm going to have you on one day because every time I do a podcast, he always has like, when am I going to make a guest appearance, by the way? And uh, he says that our generation is lazy. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't like to generalize over a whole course of any people, but, you know, maybe you guys just weren't brought up doing it. You know, I, I find that with the advent of, of YouTube and all these different places to find recipes of all these like really killer things, you can go... Anywhere from like, if I want Italian food, we could make our own pasta. You know, if I want Greek food, we could make our own gyro. We can, we, if you have a rotisserie you, and it teaches you step by step of how to mix beef and lamb and whatever ingredients you can, and then you got leftovers for the next day. You know, we've even kind of like faked Asian food, you know, with like different kinds of ingredients. And I, I just, you know, I'm not saying we're not going to go out to eat anymore, but the, the regularity of it has changed quite a bit. Oh, easily. And especially now in a, uh, well, still in a pandemic kind of-esque environment, food, uh, food prices and everything else has gone considerably up because they lost so much revenue due to the pandemic when we were all staying at home and they had to rely on takeouts. Sure. It's, it's insane what, you know, and they're trying to stay, you know, I think, I think Connecticut lost over 600 restaurants last year because of the pandemic that, that closed for good. And... You know, the thing is, you don't want to lose that experience and, and you know, and but you just, where, where do you go anymore? You know, and you, there's lots of, you can look on Yelp, you can look at photographs and word of mouth, but, you know, how important is that? You know, and this is like a generational thing. You're younger, I'm older, doesn't matter to me I, as much. I don't trust Yelp that much because Yelp is literally the excuse for anyone because like, oh, look at me, I can review a place, I can be a food critic myself. And it's usually people are like so inaccurate and everyone's so particular. Sure. Like I can love one dish and another person might not like it. Like we can have a chicken tiki masala from an Indian restaurant and, you know, absolutely love it. Like amount of spice. And then you have the table next to us saying, eh, it's too spicy. It's all, too much for me. I totally agree. It all depends on on who you are and what, and what you deem to be good. And do I know who you are or trust who you are? The whole thing is... It's the law of averages with these kind of reviews. I try to look for commonalities. If everyone says the food is always, the service sucks all the time, or it's always cold, or, or everything's too salty, or it's too small and too expensive, then I'll, you, know, you could do some digging of, 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 of trying to, try to paint a picture. But you know, more than not, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. At least try a place once, if, what you can do. You go to a place and try out like a happy hour, if there are those, or try appetizers out and get a feel for that. Because if, they, if they're gonna screw up the appetizers. Some, yeah, then, then maybe you don't want to be there for the main course. I was about to say, yeah. Well, you think of, uh, well, also another thing too with us, how many, how much do we watch Kitchen Nightmares and Bar Rescue and how disgusting like the kitchens can be? How many times do we watch that? You watch it over and over again. The whole thing is that's the way restaurants really are. They take shortcuts usually or they just don't care is it because they're so deep in failure that they they just do not know what it's like to be well, on top again. That's the fear. When a place is not busy and the food's not moving, you're afraid to order seafood. You know, and you'll say you'll stick to something like a burger because you know burgers, if anything, are going to move. But you're afraid to try other things because you don't know if no one's in the dining room. 
then how long has that steak been sitting there or, or those potatoes? Is it, is it sitting in a, in a curdled, moldy saucer? Curdled, <laughs> moldy, ghastly. Oh, God. When was this made? When was this last made? And now, like, we, you know, we can make our own pizza now. Am I, am I saying it's going to be the same as New York? Probably not. And that's... But the, the whole thing is, it's, it's nice to, to try new things. No, it, you're going to need to have, like, a, like a special skill set in order to top that. Absolutely. But isn't it kind of cool, like, to make a night of that and kind of put together a recipe, and at the end of the day, you go, you know what, we, we actually made this. You know, it's funny. It was one of my, uh, one of my date ideas with, uh, with my beautiful lady is we were actually thinking about making a pizza together. And I'm like, this is a great idea. It's like you save money. You don't have to go out. And, you know, you two people who really love each other, you know, we're cooking, you know, we're laughing, things like that. It works out for everyone. Well, you can buy like a pre-made dough. No, no, no. We're actually you, going to be making it from scratch. We're making everything from scratch, by the way, from the tomato sauce and. Okay, well, that that's cool, but you know, and but the whole thing is, it's it's nice to try, but it's also great to get out every now and then, and that's the balance that you got to find. What See? do you What do you think? If you were out on a Friday night, Saturday night, would you like to go out, have a beer, or a cocktail, and a burger? Would you like to stay at home, make your own margaritas, and make pasta? I like to stay home, but if I get, if I am gonna go out, I try to go out at off times. I like to get in and out before the crowds get there. So whether it's like a like a, a later lunch, you know, say like a two o'clock when no one's around, you can kind of get in. You kind of get better service when no one's around because there's less there's less traffic. So that's that if you're able to do that, well, you take it out, take out. It usually a lot of things don't translate when you get home. It looks like crap when it's sitting in that little container. It and kind then, of felt that way. Was it when we went to uh, was it no actually when I went to uh, was it Zoo Party? Yeah, I think that happened. I mean, it still tasted really good, but I felt like you probably would have had a better experience like if you actually sat at the place and ate it. I also have a theory that you get less when you take it to go well, because you, when you put it on a plate, it spreads out and you get more of it. And I think that when they put it in the container, they have to make it fit into that container. And you get screwed on that side. So, and maybe that's my own mental. I have a lot of mental issues when it comes to to food, and you've heard them all. You you generally ask me how every meal goes, and I usually give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down, or never again, or you know, maybe I'm a picky bastard, but that's the way it is. Well, you remember, <laughs> you know, what was the worst thing, especially for me. You know what I feel sometimes. You know when you go to a place and you say it's amazing, yes. and then I hop along, and then it sucks. I'm like saying to myself, I'm like, what the fuck happened? Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to say the F word. That, that, happened. that happened a couple of times. Like I said, you got to try this pastrami sandwich. It's amazing. And then you and then you go there and then it was either it was lackluster or they didn't give you enough meat and you're or there, there was some there was a couple of places where that happened. And I'm like, well, you know what? They switch out chefs and standards change. And it's not it's not something that you should take personally. It's not the Jimmy effect. <laughs> that's a, that's my way of saying is when I hop on and then the meal sucks. I think it's my fault, but I'm like, eh, I can't think that way sometimes. Nah, that hasn't happened in a while. I think I think we've been we've had a pretty good run on on things that I think are good, and that, that that's fine. Yeah, I don't think there was a Jimmy effect on a uh, particular film that came out last week, right? 
Would you say the uh, the Soprano movie? Yes, that would be the Soprano um, movie. Are we, yes. are we changing channels again on WADD? WADD ten fifteen. There's a reason why it's ten fifteen because it's this guy's birthday coming up, October fifteenth to be exact. That's right, thirty seven years old. Oh, the new thirty seven. Oh, look at that. I guess the new. I guess what happens is is that when you get to a certain age, when you get to around forty five, you have to cut down twenty years or so. You take twenty off. So yeah, hard to believe that it's Heinz fifty seven. So I'm six. Right now? <laughs> no, you're still on the up. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the bedroom button because, uh, because I'm, I'm actually decreasing in age. Okay. So what'd you think about this flick? I, I saw it first. You saw it first because I was out having the weekend yep. of my life last weekend. So. so, so anyway, so it was like last Friday, I guess it was. Yeah, last Friday. And I gotta say that, and, and first off, let's let's preface this by saying The Sopranos is my favorite show. The greatest, TV, the greatest TV show of all time, no doubt. Sorry, Game yes. of Thrones, you had a shot and then you blew it. There's, there's, the expectations are way too high. Oh, of course not. Oh, yeah. I meant of course. And there, there's no way that you can compare 80 something episodes with a two hour movie. That was the big mistake, number one, by the way. You gotta go in with separate, if you can, with, with a non biased thought. And that, in that respect, I have to say there were a lot of great moments in that movie. A lot of the references. references great, it was kind of kind of cool because they took things from the show and kind of put it back into the into the movie. Like when, you know, when uh, the beehive story, the beehive, obviously, and a couple of things like that. You go, oh, okay, that's that's great. What I think they should have done, and what they're probably going to do, is flesh this out into some sort of mini series. There, there, there's no, and there's probably talks where they're going to show Tony in the twenties. When he's, he's twenty years old, before he actually took the helm, but there's, yeah, you know, I think they they try to push too much stuff into too short a time. Would Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I would. Excuse me, because usually something like this, because I love me some Sopranos, I I watch at least an episode a day sometimes. I didn't think they should have put everything in a two-hour movie because then you realize it's like, I got to get all of this done in two hours and everything's going to be rushed and there's no conclusion to this specific story or that specific story. There were a few corny moments in that movie, by the way, too, that really pissed me off. A little too on the nose kind of things, you know, like, uh, oh, he's... He's going to be a leader because he's smart and like, yeah, okay, come on. You're kind of like force feeding me this stuff. It's like when you wa- it's like when you watch the show, it's like, of course he's going to be a leader. Like, we all know what what he becomes. I was very pissed off with Ray Liotta, by the way, when they put him twice, by the way. Well, I like which Ray Liotta did you like better. I like the second one. The prison, <laughs> prison Ray Liotta was great. I could not stand Hollywood Dick. I thought he was an absolute dick. He was. And the other one was like a Buddha. He was like, you know, I'm... I'm here in prison, but I, I listen to jazz, and I know the world, and I, and I know people, and I know why I'm here, and I, I see through all your different indiscretions, and, and, you know, and just on a higher level. And then you ask me this, did this character remind you of another character played by the same actor? Yeah, there, there was definitely, definitely but, a little good fellerish kind of uh, moments in there as well. Yeah, that's what I that's what I liked about the Buddha because I felt like I was talking to Henry Hill. He was like Henry the, Hillish, yes, definitely. Which I thought, which I thought was great, and uh, I'm not going to spoil the ending scene, but there was one scene I did not like. Well, the sets were great, and the car, yeah, and the scenes were were great. They really kind of captured the '60s really well. The guy who played Dickie Moltisanti, fantastic, by the way, excellent, and uh, Vera Vera. Vera Familia, who played Livia Spana. Amazing. By the way, 
There's one thing I want to point out. Isn't it kind of funny that Vera Familia in that movie looked like Carmella? She definitely did, which would give Tony an Oedipus kind of situation. He was a, he, he loved his he loved <laughs> he, his mother. He loved and hated his mom at the same time, where he married someone that looked pretty much like her. Yeah. So we we just we just cracked open a whole new. We we cracked open a new like conspiracy. I mean, that was the first thing I recognized. What was it? Because the first like hour, I'm like. She looks like Carmella. Like, if Edie Falco, like, decided to put on a wig, I'm like, oh, she's Livia. She looks exactly like her. Definitely. So I, I definitely would recommend seeing the movie, but go in with the clear head. And, and don't try to compare, even though it's called a Sopranos story. Watch the Sopranos first before you watch the movie, because there's a few things that they do on the show. Oh. Like you never had the makings of a varsity yeah. athlete. I will say this, the guy who played Polly, oh, I did not recognize him as Polly that much. No, but the guy that played Junior was great. The guy who played Kill Corey, Corey Stahl. He was excellent. Great. The guy who played Johnny was great. Excellent. Michael Gandolfini. I think he's still learning a little bit, but you know, he did a good he, job. He had the facial expressions of Tony, so no, I could, that was inborn. But yes, very good, very good. I have one final thing I think before we're gonna wrap this whole up. That's okay. Go when you. Go, it's Halloween. It, Halloween's coming up, right? But you know what I saw on my? We were driving around the neighborhood. Someone had a wreath, a Christmas wreath, on their car. Oh. And I'm like, what's up with people? What, why are you rushing everything? Do you ever, <laughs> do you remember these like '80s, '90s? Like it's October first. Did people get set up for Christmas on October first in the '80s and '90s? They did not. This is a whole new thing where they're kind of melding everything into one big holiday. It's like, it's like Festivus. It's Hot, like if yeah. George Costanza or not Georgia, Jerry Costanza, Frank Costanza. My like bad. Hollow Thankmas. Hollow Thank. Halloween, thank, 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 thank Christmas. Thank Hanukkah. P.S. <laughs> P.S. Hanazah. Hanazah. Actually, Hanukkah is going to be showing up at the very last week of December. November. What? Really? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's... the way it's said. Well, that's the Jewish calendar. Those guys are crazy. They're trying to shake it up. But what my whole thing is, you know, everything should have its own time. And that's and, and and guys, you know, back off, all right? Back back off. Enjoy your spooky. Enjoy your trick or treat candies or your sexy outfits, whatever you're buying. Uh, then you can enjoy your turkey, and then right. you can and then you can open your presents. So that's about all I got for today. I think we're at the thirty minute mark. That's where we stop. I think that's where we're going to stop. Okay. I have to say, I enjoyed this episode a lot, actually. Very much. I, I love I love talking to you. We should do it more often. We should. De we definitely <laughs> should. Let me look at my schedule. Oh, look. I have an opening somewhere. So, so let's go have a home-cooked meal, and uh, everybody uh, have a good week. Ah! Have a good week. Listen to us. Follow us. Comment. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Happier by us. Da -da 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 -da. And watch the Sopranos movie. <laughs> definitely worth a watch. Don't have the same thought, same thought process as Tony Soprano and Aaron Boone. I don't know what's going to happen to you. We don't know, but I, I don't have good thoughts about it. Follow us. Yeah, neither do I. Follow us <laughs> at Stairway Evan on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Stairway Evan. Follow us on Facebook page. You can follow, find us on any major podcast platform. We will be back next week to talk about cold weather. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm going to work up something that, but... I, I know. I just... I know. It's just something that just remember, popped up in my mind. I love you all so much, but remember that. <laughs> and listen to Rush while you're at it. Check out that Rush thing with uh, the marching band. Yes, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Great job, by the way. All right.